Everybody, welcome to episode three of the King and I podcast presented by our friends at Monster Energy. Here with Jeremy McGrath at his home in Encinitas. This is the first time I've ever been here, dude. And I was telling you before, I remember when you just bought your house in Canyon Lake. Yeah. And I was just blown away. You know, we're with our 20s and it was 26 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah, that was like 94. I had my daughter Samantha with me and she was barely walking. She was one. And you know, come check out my house. So she was born in like 93 or four? Yeah. Yeah. And so we were walking around and I was just like, oh my God. Remember there's that separate little house down by the lake? Yeah, that lake. was our uh, like little uh, bar kind of man yeah. cave area that we, yeah, that was a cool room. But I remember just going, dude, this is crazy. You're insane. And you're like, I haven't even gone off. When I go off, you'll see. And so <laughs> this is going off. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was weird because it, it, the reason I'm in Antonitas is not only because of my wife, she was, when we met, she was going to San Diego State mm -hmm. and she lived with me in Canyon Lake for a while, but that drive was a little okay, rough, yeah. right? It was a long yeah. drive. Um, but the reason I'm here is because I thought when I was done racing, I'd be working at No Fear with Sirwall. No way, really? Yeah, that's the reason yeah. I came down here. Obviously, when I did Supercross only contract, I thought, wow, it doesn't really make sense to be up here in this heat all the time because mm -hmm. it's hot and um, I know home is home, right? But still, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get close to the beach. When I'm done racing, we have our No Fear MX company. We're going to be working there. Mm -hmm. um, it, the commute's just 15 minutes from here. I'm like, oh, you know, I just planned on being an office guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, things, it's pretty funny things are crazy how they work out. And obviously that didn't happen. But To think that you were thinking you are going to have to, like, work or do an office job or something. Or were you being humble about that? Well, I mean... Look, dude, I'm, I hope for the best, but I plan for the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a good, you know, not in my nature. It's not very good to just think that stuff's going to happen the right way, you know? Uh -huh. uh, of course, I like working. I'm not afraid to work. I, I like to be in the ditch with everyone. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm, you know, not make, cut out oh, for that. Oh, we've seen that at not, the shop. I'm not cut out for that. <laughs> I'm not cut out for sitting up on a pedestal. I'm just, I want to be normal in the ditch with everybody yeah. else and so of course I thought I was going to be working and it's a shame it didn't work out the way we kind of had this big grand plan but uh, at the end of the day life is weirder you know mm -hmm. takes twists and turns all the way and I'm happy to be down here in Encinitas I love the beach and we have it a, is we so have beautiful a, so we're in your garage <clears throat> yeah I mean well, how many square feet is this garage it's bigger than my house I don't know the square footage but it's <clears throat> like 40 deep by 60 40 by 60, so it's pretty mm -hmm. big. So half of it is sort of this room we're in, and mm -hmm. downstairs is like a gym and a bathroom and stuff. And then kind of outside is where the, you know, moto stuff is or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the famous hallway <coughs> right here. With yeah, and I mean, it's funny, the hallway, we, so when we built this place in 99, I mean, we were first in the neighborhood. We didn't, it was a planned neighborhood, so we got to pick the house plan that we wanted. And mm -hmm. the... You know, it was, it was awesome because when I came here, I drove around the neighborhood and picked a lot I wanted and everything. So I was kind of first up here, which was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, but we did a major remodel in like 2008, right when the shit hit the fan. Uh -huh. And uh, part of the reason of the remodel was to display, sort of have a trophy room. Yeah, I'm not kind of one of those guys that would have my stuff in the house, really. Mm -hmm. But in order to have a cool 
display area, we thought, well, hey, let's just connect the garage to the house, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's and so that that was not connected until, you know, ten whatever oh eight so a while Mm -hmm. ago twelve years ago, fourteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's worked out well because that it's really you know a trip down memory lane, just walking down the hallway is kind of fun. Okay, so this place in Encinitas. Huge spread. Like, what's the what's the square footage on that? We're at two acres here, which wow. is a lot of work, by the way. And every yeah. house in the neighborhood here is like two acres. Uh-huh. And w- when we originally bought it, it was six thousand feet was the house mm-hmm. square feet. But we've added on and extended and stuff, so it's probably it's a little bigger. But it's a it's a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. It's cool with our kids at the age they are. We have a great place for them to come play and their friends can come over and you know they can even be over here if they don't want to be over there with us yeah so it's it's worked out well but uh you know it's weird the when you're young you're like you want to accumulate right you're like oh i'm gonna get a big house i'm gonna get a big yeah. garage i'm gonna get more stuff more shit uh-huh. and just you want to clutter your life in as you because you think it's just such a status thing you know yeah. but i swear man now that i'm older i just can't wait till i can downsize really yeah honestly I love my place, and I love the view. <coughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's weird. Growing up in Menifee off the highway, which a lot of you guys know the track, right off the highway, the yep. 215 right there by the hospital now. All the moto kids, they know it. You know, that house had a view of Idlewild and Big Bear and all that mm-hmm. stuff in my track. The house was kind of up. <clears throat> so I always was like, man, I didn't know that I missed having a view like that growing up until I moved to Canyon Lake. Yeah. And you're kind of stuck in a hole in Canyon Lake. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a lake view and stuff, which was cool. But moving back here on the hill, it's just like yeah. to have this view again was something I really missed. And something I want to have for the rest of my life is a mm-hmm. view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can have a peanut shell of a house. I don't care about that. Nice garage would be good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the day when we can downsize, and if we do, you know, if Kim lets me downsize, uh, we'll... Uh, We'll certainly have a view somewhere, just be a lot yeah. smaller. So, 6,000 square foot house, and it's bigger than that now. Do you guys like call each other on your cell phones? Like, hey, where's Bergen? <laughs> Sometimes we actually do. We, uh, I'll be in the gym, and Kim will be over at the house, or whatever, vice versa. And so, yeah, it's, sometimes it's easier. It would be cool to have an intercom, but yeah, those things are so 80s. Yeah, right? It would be sweet, though. Push a button. It'd be like a CB radio system Or you could look house. on your phone and have the find my friends. Oh, remember the old phones were beep, beep? Yeah, like yeah. Nextel next or something? Tell, yeah. yeah, those were cool, actually. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. So we're going to go into the first segment, sponsored by <coughs> Arma Sport. And uh, let's, what will we call it? Like a current what's going on with Jeremy now. So uh, Arma Sport. Endurance and action sports require peak performance from athletes' bodies and the proper nutrition before, during, and after these activities. Arma recognized a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated specifically to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. They utilize not only the best ingredient combinations, but clinically proven dosages. Arma nutritional supplements have undoubtedly achieved best-in-class formulations. Visit armasport.com for more. So that gym downstairs, are you pounding Arma and working out there much? Like, I mean, you have a gym that puts like <coughs> LA Fitness to shame down there. 
Well, you know what? It used to be all up here. So it used to be a lot bigger uh -huh. when I was like lifting and having to do all that. Now it's more like cardio machines because, you know, I just got to watch the, the old, old man figure. Yeah. Uh, so I recently got like a cold pool because that's kind of the new thing. Yeah, right? it goes from the So we go the sauna, cold pool, sauna, cold pool, and then jacuzzi. Yeah. Man, it's a trip, dude. When you go from the sauna to the cold pool, your eyes start getting all weird, like it gets all euphoric. It's really, it's really, it's really crazy. So really we have dumbbells and we have mostly cardio. Mm -hmm. Kim has a, some stuff in there, reformer and stuff for Pilates, but. Yeah, do the girls work out down there? They do, I get them over there sometimes. Yeah? Not enough, as, not as much as they should, but yeah, I'm trying to get them into it. Mm -hmm. um, what is the benefit of that cold heat thing? Supposedly, with the ice bath, it, it turns your, you know, your brown fat cells into white, and they burn. Oh, really? So it gets your metabolism going. So it mm -hmm. makes your, it, it sort of supposedly burns the bad stuff out of your body. Really oh, okay. gets it into action. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not, I'm not big on that. The ice? I'm, no, I'm not big on the. All you know exactly oh, what oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely pounding Arma when I'm down there because I'm sweating a lot, so that's good. Yeah. Hey, uh, <clears throat> the Arma protein, right? The chocolate I think has a pretty distinct flavor. Mm -hmm. Is that the turmeric in there? And turmeric is supposed to be good for inflammation in your joints or something. Yeah, turmeric is is definitely good for joints. It's uh -huh. inflammation type thing and. Um, it's hard to say, you know, like that you mixing you're mixing chocolate just with water then, right? Yeah. Water yeah, I put them in smoothies all the time, so it's kind of hard to tell. I don't notice as much as you might. Yeah. But uh and then if I'm drinking I'm a more of a vanilla guy with when it comes to protein, so mm -hmm. I I don't I don't taste it much. Yeah. yeah. I like that you guys came out with the uh it's something new, right? The individual stick fire and uh Yeah, we have single serves now for all of our products, which is Blitz and uh, our hydrate, which mm -hmm. is the two flavors, watermelon and li lemon lime, and then we got Blitz, which is the berry blast, and then mm -hmm. then our protein, of course. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome, man. You can just take them with you on the road. We went to I went riding the other day at Cahia, and yeah. and I had a bunch of Arma, and we we I, we brought like a cooler and met just like anyone wanted to come by, I grabbed, yeah. gave a stick pack, and these old dudes were sitting next to me and just riding. I'm like, he's like, hey man, you want a cactus cooler? <laughs> I'm like cactus cooler. coolers are so, so good, but I'm like no, maybe you should try like an Arma stick. Yeah. And he's all, what would this do to me? I go, oh, it's hydrate, man. It'll hydrate you. Uh huh. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try that. A cactus cooler. So it was pretty funny. Uh, these old guys that are there on Wednesdays with their two strokes and stuff, just yeah. so cool talking to them, you know. There's a there's an old dude that used to be at Austin all the time, and he would always be eating ding dongs, and that Starbucks mocha chino or whatever oh man <laughs> he was always like offering me ding-dongs and stuff but uh, yeah the guy was they were super nice but i hooked him up with some arma nice hey the uh watermelon especially is good like i like it when i mountain bike yeah it still it. tastes good when it's not cold yeah like that yeah. is that something you guys think about well when so no so no our formulation lately has uh we had a lot of black pe pepper extract <laughs> in our in our hydrate um, which when the, when it got a little warm, you could taste a little peppery to it. Mm -hmm. So we've since backed that down a little bit. Now you mm -hmm. shouldn't notice as much, but what I like is the watermelon hydrate with some strawberry lemonade fire. Like oh, a combo. Oh, you're mixing. 
Oh, I'm mixing. Like yeah. Bartending, like so good. Tom so Cruise a scoop and of fire, and a scoop of watermelon hydrate mm -hmm. or a stick pack, and uh, you know your full water bottle. Man, it's just so good. Yeah, but I mean, do you guys ever take into consideration that it might not be consumed cold, like on a cycling? Yeah, for sure, and that was part of the reason we changed the formula a little bit, just on our just the black pe pepper part of it, because it was uh, fairly strong, even though it's really good, and that's mm -hmm. the that is what carries the hydration to, to your cells. Oh, okay. So having a lot of it is fine, but you could taste it. Yeah, you could taste the black pepper, and it was spicy a little bit. So, yeah. Um, and the warmer it got, the more you could taste it. Yeah. So. Yeah, trust me, we know. We we ride road bikes and mountain bikes and all that stuff all the time. And when it gets warm. But now now we're good to go on all of it. So Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so on your Instagram, I saw you're at Kauia Wednesday. Yeah. Actually, I called you and you were like, I'm going to Kauia. Are you going riding? I'm like, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you told me about that. But Kauia is uh, close for you. It's closer I say than, close, but yeah. It's, it's closer than going to Paris or something else for you. Yeah, it's about the same. Is it? Yeah, I mean, Elsinore, they're all about an hour, what, hour and 15 minutes? I mean, Paul is 40 minutes, mm -hmm. so, or Fox Raceway, I should say, I guess, but um, he is my favorite, man. It tracks up it's and good, down huh? the hills, the dirt's yeah. super good. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. There was a bunch of cool guys there and had a good day riding. They changed the layout recently. Yeah, it's going backwards, or backwards, the other so direction, I would say, not So backwards. the finish line jump, you're jumping downhill again? Downhill, yeah, okay. super cool. Yeah. I used to like going there on Wednesdays because... Uh, Dean Wilson's dad was always there. Riding? Yeah, he'd be there riding. He'd be on an old CR-252 stroke. And he would literally bring a lunch bag. And he had all these other old guys that would meet every Wednesday. Yeah. And he would just sit there and talk crap. <coughs> That's cool. He probably still does. I didn't see him, but. You yeah, know who was there? Cameron Steele was there. Johnny Campbell was there. Scott Cameron Harden was, was there. there. Uh, they were all riding off-road loop out there. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was like... Uh, I don't know. Axel was there. Beerman was there. Mm -hmm. uh, Scrub was Daddy was there. Did he talk to you? No, I saw him, but he was filming. Oh. I saw him filming. Yeah. You know what's funny? First lap I went out riding, uh, Beerman comes along, hops in right behind me. I don't even know where I'm going yeah. on the track. There's yeah. a couple big fun doubles. And, and I think Scrub Daddy was right there. And the very first lap, Beerman's from behind, and then I don't jump the jump, and he just jumps, whips it over my head. On lap one. And Scrub Daddy puts it on his Instagram. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> You're going to blow me out like that on lap one? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, he probably didn't recognize that that happened, but I was like, dang, man, he's got a <laughs> sick shot of him jumping over my head, like looking like I'm not jumping the jumps. Oh. Uh, so. Okay, so funny. what are you riding these days? Are you, are you on an SR yet? The special I, 450? I have an SR. You do? Which is awesome. But I have it set up for Supercross, for Science of Supercross, during okay. Supercross season. Yeah. So I don't actually have it to be riding outdoor yet. So mm -hmm. I'm riding my regular KX450 outdoor with A-Kit suspension. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, that SR. Did you did you play a role in the testing of the R&D no. SR at all? No. Dude, when we no. had the bike intro test that day, I mean, I fired it up, you know, at the trailer. And just starting it and the way it snapped. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's got some head work, I think, to it. <clears throat> yeah. It's a fun bike. I rode it at Supercross not too long ago. And, man, it was, if it for me, it was awesome. It felt like a real race bike. It was cool. Yeah. I think, uh, well, we're going to do, like, a factory edition shootout here pretty soon. Because uh, okay. we have the KTM and, obviously, the uh, 
the Husky's coming pretty soon, and the Honda I picked up two days ago at Honda. Oh, that's cool. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna do that. Should be interesting. But I, I see the green coming up on top. The thing was awesome. It's a good bike, man. It's it's fun. It's so much different. So much more bottom and mid than the than the standard one. And mm. it's hard to do, right? I mean, four fifties rip, even stock. Yeah. So. What do you think about uh, the way EF5 feels compared to the carbureted four-stroke? Because I think, didn't you test a CR450 with EF5 before it ever came out? No, but there was some tricks that they were doing <coughs> to the carburetor mm -hmm. that they got figured out on the CR back in the day. That really, you know, when the first four-strokes first came, they were kind of still had that little bit of sketchy, yeah, like that. hesitation or, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't call it a bog, but just kind of like a weird four-stroke feel. And then they got, they, I think they were the first ones kind of to figure out the carburetor side of it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was, it felt like EFI back yeah. then, you know, but I think it's good. I mean, you got, it, you don't have to worry about trusting it anymore. Yeah. So. I just yeah. remember all the four stroke temperament, like the there were some growing pains and the hot start. <laughs> yeah. There was some growing pains for sure with those things, man. They were, gosh, if you stalled them, it was like. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, you, uh, you when you're on Honda, you had the option to race a four-stroke. But I remember you were on a CR250 still for a little while, right? Yeah, I mean, I was not. I was only racing for fun. Yeah, that was like 05 or something. Why did you lean for the two-stroke? I mean, that's all. That's what I raced my whole life, so it just made more sense. But I mean, uh, you know, it was comedy because you know I raced the first couple races. That was that year. Um, I crashed uh, the year that was muddy. I think at Anaheim, I raced mm -hmm. two stroke. Crash maybe. Next week was Phoenix. I raced two stroke. It was like the last hole shot by a two stroke. They had a split start. Mm -hmm. Came out in the first on the lead in the lead on the main event and did a knack knack on the first lap, mm -hmm. which was pretty funny, stupid but funny. Um, I knew I didn't have a shot at winning, so I was like, oh, I better do something fun. Something for the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ended up getting fourth though. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. And then the next week, I raced the, the 450 in San Diego and, and got fourth. So, I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. I wasn't really, I was still brand new to the 450. You know, mm -hmm. there was a lot of guys riding them a lot to, at that point. Yeah. So, it was cool. All right. So, once again, I put out a, uh, put out a call on my Instagram for some fan questions. I did see that. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> so this, the fan question is brought to us by our friends at Maxxis Tires. Uh, from your bike to your truck and almost everything in between with wheels, Maxxis will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. Visit Maxxis.com for more. So, yeah, I asked you last week, and you said, yeah. You can absolutely. count, you can count <laughs> on Maxxis. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Okay, so uh, <coughs> this question, I chose it because it was kind of like, uh, I want to know too. <coughs> so it's from uh, Guto Bernardes, and I think he's in Brazil. But he says, hey, Don, ask the king how he ate shit doing a knack-knack in Brazil in the late 90s during a demo. The rumor at that time was that the grip fell off during the trick. It's so cool what you guys are doing. Keep up the good job. Do you remember something like that? No, of course I remember. That's the only time I've ever crashed doing a knack-knack, really? honestly. And, I mean, it knocked me out, dude. I was like, it, yeah, I was doing a demo. 
uh, we were at some Brazilian thing and there was a like a freestyle jump or whatever and it was just more like, but it was kind of rainy. Uh-huh. It was kind of misty, you know, it was like wet and the bike was a little wet. And if you've ever seen me do knack-knacks where I don't, like I'll start to do it and then I don't do it, you know, I like back out of it. like. Yeah. And it's kind of a, it looks weird, like dead sailor type thing. <clears throat> well, that's kind of what I did there. Mm-hmm. I whipped it like this and I went to put my leg over and I was like, nah, don't feel right. <laughs> and it was wet, so my leg slipped off anyway. Slipped off foot back. So, no, no, or, the, the right leg slipped over. Oh, okay, okay. So then I'm, I'm like on my left peg with my left foot and I'm landing like this. And, you know, your right hand, I mean, when you land like this, you're just... Whiskey. It's going to wide open, right? So I just, like, landed wide open on the left peg, fully just... Just fully ate it, and it knocked me out. Like, I was out. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the grip came off. I don't remember the grip coming off while I was doing the trick. You know Uh, what I mean? Maybe when the bike... Maybe when I ate it, the grip came off. But, uh... Yeah, that was embarrassing, man. That was so embarrassing. We had so much fun in Brazil, and it was, you know, everything was shaping up good. It was so cool. Was it a race, or were we there? No, it was a, they were having a race, but I was just doing an exhibition. Oh, okay. With a couple guys, like Pocaroba, and, you know, a couple dudes were there. It was a Brazilian race or something, Uh national championship or something. Wow. Yeah, so... Did you were you on your bike or was it like a? It was the bike? same bike. I was on a YZ250, but it was the same bike I had ridden all week. Uh-huh. We were filming for Still Roots. Okay. Oh, I remember. <clears> so we there. were at the beach and we were all over the place and just having a blast. I mean, Brazil is amazing. I love Brazil. Um, but that crash was just, yeah. It didn't slow us down though. We went out that night, had some beers. <laughs> I did. Oh, it wasn't man. that bad of a concussion, but it was. It was a concussion. Yeah. What's uh, what was Brazil like? I mean, I've always I had opportunity to go one time. Yeah, it was when my kids were young and like literally the night before the designations trips to start. I'm not going. Oh, you were gonna go to the designations one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard there was a lot of like snakes and crazy spiders and stuff where those guys were all staying really? for that. Yeah, I didn't miss yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, my experience from Brazil is amazing. I have these friends there named Cacao and this. Andre and and Paolo from Three Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we hung out with Edinho, which is Pele's, you know, son, mm-hmm. and um, we just had a great crew, and we we talk on Instagram now still, and uh, just talking about moto and all that stuff, but we uh, we had a great crew. We traveled all around. We went out to like this rave area where the kids go to spring break. We took the motos out on the um, out on these little pong, you know, ponga boats, uh-huh. and we stayed out in this like all-inclusive like rave resort with our bikes, and rode. You saw still roots where I, I like the helicopter following me, and I endoed and yeah. ate it. Ate it. That was on like a, that was on like a like a sand thing in in the middle of a river. Uh-huh. It was it was rad. I mean, just the experience of being there was super cool. Wakeboarded behind a helicopter, mm-hmm. um, off a helicopter skid. Yeah. Um, so wait, was was there footage of the knack-knack crash that didn't make steel roots? I think there is footage, but I think we were done kind of, 
I don't know. I don't know. I think we're, we were wrapping up filming, so I'm not sure. Yeah. There's some. I think if you found it, on, you probably find it on YouTube actually, because there's some like home video of it somewhere. Uh -huh. Yeah, oh, man. It's dude, like, the Steel Roots era was awesome. I just, <clears throat> it was like you know, because like all the, the video trends and everything, it would be like. The style of videos was all chapters, right, with different writers and everything. But a, a video that was all McGrath was just so sick. You know, it's 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 so different from now, right? I mean, like people just don't have the patience to watch a thirty-minute video anymore. Mm. If yeah, your video is longer than two or three minutes, you're like, everyone's gone. Yeah. So it would be pretty cool to kind of remake it, do another some little fun thing with a bunch of old dudes. It'd mm -hmm. be kind of fun. The crazy thing is that the, the music you got for those videos was so good, and it was like. I think it was before licensing was no, so expensive. No, it wasn't before. No, no, oh, not, no. Oh, before it was expensive, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had some connections in the music world to get some stuff, but we had Megadeth. Yeah. We had, like, Social D, and, of course, we had a lot of the, you know, the punk bands and um, back then and stuff, so we had a lot of cool music. It was fun. Yeah, Popular that. stuff. Hey, that, there was a scene in you're driving the Toyota T100 mm -hmm. through... It was like a desert area, and I think a wheel, a tire fell out at the mm -hmm. end. Was that planned? No, that wasn't planned. Oh, really? No, that wasn't planned. That was me and Chamberlain. Uh -huh. We were driving out. I think um, where we were riding that day was uh, kind of out by Dumont Dunes. Mm -hmm. There's a place we found out there that's like kind of like Acatillo. That's still like one of the sickest places I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, we were just kind of driving in, and yeah, my. It was like you know, perfect. When, yeah, when you bounce the truck. The, 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 we had an extra tire or something. Yeah. And it just flew out, yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. That's awesome. Okay, so we're going to go to our next segment, which is my favorite, the bell helmets back in the day. Okay, through through the magic of video and editing, we're now in the in the hallway <laughs> for the yeah. bell, bell back in the day segment. Um, so if you're listening to this on Spotify or Stitcher or some sort of podcast uh, server, you might want to go to YouTube and watch it because this is an extremely visual segment of the show. So we're here right now with uh, the 125 era. So the first 125 number <laughs> Pro Circuit Peak Honda, as well as your Team Green Kawasaki KX125. <laughs> and I remember this one because yeah. that was your first Supercross win was this year. And it was like, oh, that was when the local hero buddy of mine... Went and won Supercross. Was it Vegas you won? Yeah, it was Vegas. So it's a funny story because 1990, um, I barely lost the championship that year to mm -hmm. Ty Davis. And still, I was still riding Loretta Lynn's and Tonka yeah. City and stuff. So back then, you, you could ride the amateur races and, and then still ride Supercross mm -hmm. and not have to be like full pro. You know what I mean? You could still be the A class or whatever. So, anyways, yeah, this is the 90 bike um, from the Vegas race. Some shots here of, there's 90 World Mini right there. And so this year, uh, the night I won in 90 at Vegas was the night Chicken won too. Mm -hmm. So Cowie won one one that night. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I think that was Chicken's only main event win. Right? Yeah. I think it was. He's only won one big bike main event. Yeah. He was too busy taking Bradshaw out, the rest of them. Yeah. Or messing with everybody else. <clears throat> one of my favorites, but... Or he was always distracted. Brushing his mullet. Yeah, yeah, something. Working on the chicks or, yeah, working <laughs> on that stuff. Um, and then we went from this bike, of course, to the very first ever Team Pro Circuit 
Team Peak Honda bike, mm-hmm. like Honda Team. I remember, and we've talked about this story. Yeah, in the last show, you said you were supposed to be on Team Honda. Yeah, that's what we've talked yeah. about. So it was, it's it's such funny. It's such a funny subject to talk to about now, right? Because back then, I was like, yes, factory Honda, and then wait, nope, you're going down to Pro Circuit Honda Team, and yeah. so it was always one of those things where you're like, whoa. Uh, knowing what we know now, mm-hmm. right? It was it was the shit. It was the best team to be on, and you know, factory Honda supported. Um, you know, Mitch is a great company at Pro Circuit and we had Bones and, um, you know, the 91 model bike had, uh, like a kit suspension is what they call it now. So we had factory mm-hmm. suspension. Yeah. Um, after 91, we had to go 92 had to be a uh, production rule. Mm-hmm. Right. So our forks and stuff were basically what you had to, what you could buy at the dealer and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, this was like, uh, I mean, this is, this is kind of the gear this is axo right yeah so you can't hardly see it right here but maybe we can move this anyway <clears throat> we had bell as our sponsor obviously yep. Yep. um bevo and scott goggles back in the day right and then um i mean axo gear was jim hale making all our stuff and mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean it was Pretty much had the setup. It was either Axo or Fox, right back yeah, then, and, yeah. and and we had Axo, so we were styling. You know what I see on this helmet? It's like, oh, that's an aftermarket Trailey visor, right? Yeah. Troy sold thousands of those visors, oh, right? Millions, like, probably. It's yeah. funny you think now, like no one ever changes their visor to aftermarket visor, but back then, that was the shit because the the visor that came on that bell, it had those weird <laughs> slits, right? Yeah, and it was down. There was no like, <laughs> you look total goon. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. But that was, I mean, <clears throat> that's what artists do, right? Troy's yeah. such an artist. He's, a, yes, he's a helmet painter and he's the baddest painter there is, right? But he's such an artist. So he looks at stuff differently than we do. Yeah. And when, uh, I mean, this thing was so popular, Troy's visors and his paint and stuff, but Troy's visors, mm-hmm. remember when he made the visor that was just a visor? Yeah, yeah. It just was like a head. hard plastic. <clears throat> Uh, sort of visor that you wear all the time. Yeah, Larry machine, Ward used machine. to rock them. <laughs> machine. It was like a mullet uh, accessory. Yeah, right? it was like balance out the back. Oh, it was definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so awesome back then. So, uh, too funny. He also made those hats where you know the troll dolls that you spin like yeah, that and the yeah. hair goes up. He made those crazy hats with that. I mean, Troy's had some funny, funny ideas yeah. along the way. I so. remember that hat, the funny <laughs> hair hat. My brother Ross would wear it, and he looked normal. Oh, right, right. Because <laughs> his hair, like his hair anyway. was like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. So, yeah, we had um, we had Axo, and uh, I, were, I ran Axo for a couple of years, right? Because we were mm-hmm. 91 and 92, and then after that, um, it was always interesting, and I never thought about it much. But, you know, Bob Rathcamp, who was Cinesalo, uh you know, importer back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So he was Cinesalo, and Jim Hale was Axo. And when I left, uh, there was a great podcast that Jim Hale did, and it talked about it talked about me and my transition from 125 to 250. Mm-hmm. And I was AXO, mm-hmm. and I went to Cinesalo, and I always wondered, like, oh, man, you know, what, what, how did that really transpire? You would have think that AXO wanted to keep me, right? But um, if you remember then, he had Stan and Bradshaw. Yeah. And so he's like, well... Do we really need another? Do we really need another another Honda factory rider? And, the, and this kid's kind of young and blah blah. And uh, it it was always funny because he, 
in the podcast, he just laughs. He goes, boy, that was a massive mistake. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go from AXO then to Cinesalo, which Cinesalo really at the time, Wardy was the main writer. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of writers in Europe. But Cinesalo at the time really wasn't that, kind of wasn't that hip. Yeah. So, you, you know, cool. cheers to Bob Rathcamp. And uh, what was his name? Kenny, I think, was the designer, right? Kenny Safford. Kenny Safford. Yeah. And so Kenny Safford. See, I think Kenny did stuff for Axel as well. He did. Yeah. He did. And yeah. I think Cinesalo and Axel were in the same building for a while. Bob was at. Mm-hmm. at there were ones, yeah. Yeah, so Bob was in Jim's building. So Because uh, I remember um, Cinesalo riders used to wear Axel boots. They did. That was kind of exactly. like the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, f- the good old days, pretty fun, you know. Um, so when you look you at this. I you guys can see these gloves, but I mean. <laughs> all the pl- thermal weld plastic. Dude. I mean, let's see if we can get one of these off the mannequin. Hey, that jersey, looking at it. I remember when the uh, Axel jerseys came out and they had that turtleneck. Oh, uh, terry cloth. Terry cloth turtleneck looking thing. But those jerseys were so hot. Oh, man. Yeah, look at that thing. And, and they were just cotton, right? So they stained. You got splashed in the mud and that dying. jersey was done. And you were dying of heat exhaustion. Yeah. Wearing those things. But they were good for Supercross because Supercross was always cold. Cold, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. lots of padding back in the day, which is entirely different from today. Yeah, everybody was minimalist. It's so weird how the change has happened, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I was young and I was an amateur, I wore Fox paw protectors. Paw protectors. Paw protectors, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. paw protectors. And they had all the hard plastic on them. And then AXO had the same thing. They had hard plastic on theirs. And so this was kind of like the newest version, but it still had a yeah, pretty big pad on it, you know? <laughs> I mean, if it, you got hit with a rock, you were thankful you had it, but um, not too bad for, yeah. an, for an old glove, 91 series. Anyway, you know it's funny about these bikes too is like the width of that front fender on this KX125. <laughs> yeah, like so big, and then look how big the numbers are too, right? The scoring, yeah, these the, are um, these are my buddy Eddie J's numbers. Okay, yeah, and, you talked uh, about yeah, that. we talked about the, the last one and uh, the reflective. When we went to that bike with this font, mm-hmm. we took the reflective font and and. Uh, he saw your podcast, our podcast yeah. the other day, and he's like, dude, I gotta get you some numbers for those bikes. <laughs> so we're gonna little we're gonna revisit the old Eddie J. Hit the font sick. Yeah. We were like I was stoked that Mitch let me use it because I think what was Lamson was my teammate mm-hmm. and he just used the standard like he was twenty nine, I think, yeah. right? So but uh anyways, always looking for something to be styly with, you know? Yeah. Was, so looking at that Honda, yeah. I remember uh when the team came out, we were like, blue tanks? How do they get a blue tank? But Mitt, Troy would paint those, right? Troy painted the tanks, yeah, and they were not aluminum, so they were plastic, so he had to figure out a way to paint the tank and yeah. make them stick. Would so. the uh, paint come off eventually? Yeah, or? we yeah. would only run them for one or two weekends, uh-huh. probably. Supercross, I mean, depending on what happened, you know, when you wear the old school knee braces and stuff, you, you'd rub the paint right off, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, like Skip back in the day being a mechanic, which he came from Team Green and went with mm-hmm, me over mm-hmm. Honda. Uh, just building this bike was a pain, right? Because, I mean, Hondas were red. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still even funny that, that Honda even let, let the let bike happen. happen right? that it happened. But at the time, Yamaha was not blue. Yamahas were white. Yeah, Yamahas fuchsia. were white and, and purple or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, how was it uh, going from this? Because this was a Pro Circuit KX125 too, right? Not really. Or, or no, no it was a... Uh, I had a... 
Well, you know the you know the story about that, right? So when I was riding Hondas, privateer Hondas in '89 or '88, before mm -hmm. I got a Team Green ride, um, I was riding for Raceway Honda out of Paris, and I uh, would just go there after high school and work, and you know do the fish uh -huh, uh -huh. parts counter and all yeah. that stuff, and you know service batteries and stuff in the back, whatever, with my uh, my buddy Fast Bob, who was like the head mechanic back in the day. He was uh -huh. so rad, uh, just such a rad crew over there, and I was just a little kid trying to learn. Fast Bob was like he knew he knew Moto, you uh, know? Uh, and uh, I was like the new kid. I don't I don't talk about it or whatever. But anyway, uh, um, I went to Mitch one day, and that was this is the story I've talked about in my book. That I was like, you know, Mitch, hey, I, I need to make, I, I need some help in my suspension. You know, those eighty nine CRs were like death machines. Those yeah. things are gnarly. Twitchy, and I was a little kid trying to ride 250 and 125, mm -hmm. and uh, that was kind of the famous story when I quit Pro Circuit, right? Because I went into Pro Circuit, and I was like, you know, Mitch, I need my dad made me go by myself. I barely had my driver's license, and uh, <clears throat> I was like, I need some help. I'm not getting enough, you know, personal attention. I, I'm really having trouble, and uh, and that's when he kind of. And it's, he gave me the, the, like, who do you think you are, Rick Johnson, and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think I'm anybody, but I know I do know that I'm tank slapping all over the track, and I'm going to kill myself. And if we're talking about sponsor stuff here, I need some help. Yeah. And so anyways, I, <clears throat> he's all, if you leave Pro Circuit, you'll never be on Pro Circuit again. And so that was the story on that. And I left, I left Pro Circuit just bawling. I was crying. I uh -huh. came home to my dad. I'm like, I quit, but I stuck to my guns. And that's when I um, got sponsored by White Brothers. Okay, okay. And so there that. was a big guy named Bill, big giant guy that did suspension for White Brothers. Uh -huh. And he helped me out a lot. He really helped me out a lot. And so we ran like a, a FMF pipe, I think, back then with a... Oh, oh it was maybe it was a Bill's pipe. It was uh -huh. a Bill Keefe pipe. And then uh, I don't know exactly who did the engine. We just... I think I'm not sure, but uh, anyways, it was kind of a hodgepodge setup, really. Yeah. Um, which didn't really matter, right? Because six months later, I was back on pro, I was yeah. back on pro circuit, and and uh, you know, at the end of the day, Mitch had a lot of respect for me. I think for doing that, and we always we still get along great. We uh -huh. laugh and talk and just talk crap to each other, and it's such a you know great relationship. But it was a really t high tense moment for a little kid like me back yeah. then. And uh, having to quit a team like that when Ricky Johnson, my hero, and all these other heroes of ours were pro circuit riders, you know, mm -hmm, so it was, mm -hmm. it was a strange, strange time. But uh, so back to your original question, this was not a pro circuit bike. Okay. But when I went from this to that, yeah, it was like, uh, it was like someone gave me 20 more horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you remember Supercross back then, this year, some triples were too big to jump on 125s. Yeah. Um, and if you did jump them, you had to bank third right off the takeoff to get like the extra five feet of like, like pull if you could yeah. get it. Yeah. <clears throat> and a lot of guys, you know, when we went to that, we were jumping every triple in second gear. Like it was a, it was a pretty major advantage, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially when the dirt got really soft and ruddy, right? Because you yeah. kind of had to like feel it out and then rat at the last second. And, uh, you know, our bikes, the Honda bikes were always so fast, you know, so mm -hmm. clear advantage for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So that was a uh, super cool trip down memory lane or memory hall right there. Um, again, the back in the day segment was brought to us by Bell Helmets. 
which was established in 1954. They're the makers of the Moto 10 Spherical. And the choice of professionals like Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Jeremy McGrath, of course, Dylan Ferrandis, and Pro Circuit Racing. The, Mel the Bell Moto 10 Spherical is the official helmet of the Life on Two Wheels blog, and sadly, I've personally put many of them to the test already. <laughs> Visit uh, bellhelmets.com for more. So that hallway down there is just amazing. It's like most moto fans, or all moto fans, and especially those in the 30 to 50 year old range would yeah. just bust a nut walking in there, looking at all that stuff in person, right? It's well, pretty cool that you have all this stuff still and that you've saved gear from every year. And I think you told me once you've never given a helmet away. If I've given a helmet away, it's to someone like Rossi. Yeah. Where we do a helmet swap, mm -hmm. but really I keep my helmets. Those are like my art, you know. So mm -hmm. it's it's a trait that I never thought I'd have. You know, my dad used to keep everything and kind of just, you know, he's kind of like a hoarder on stuff. It's mm -hmm. I feel like he just keeps a lot of stuff. And I always, when I was always a kid, I was like, oh man, I'm, my dad always had stuff around the garage, and I was like, man, I'm never gonna be that way. And then here I am, and I'm so thankful for it to be honest because i have a lot of my collection of all my stuff and yeah um, i mean even your frank, amateur helmet back there. yeah i mean frankly we just crack we're just cracking the ice here mm -hmm. there's a lot in that hallway but there's a lot upstairs here <laughs> so when we, we when we run out of stuff to talk about in the hallway yeah go in the attic. then we're just going to start getting everything out of the attic so we yeah. got a lot to show you guys you guys will be excited so the uh the keeping the helmets though is that because there is that white. Dude, is that even a Moto Four up there? It is a Moto. It's it's a Moto. Yeah, I think it's a Moto Four. Yeah. Metal screen in the front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I noticed when we were standing there, there's a bad boy, of bad boy club painted on the top of that helmet. Were you sponsored by them? I was not. I didn't even know Ricky Johnson at the time. I mean, that was '87. I didn't know anyone. Uh huh. I mean, I had racing at Paris, but I mean, I knew Mike Chamberlain and Derek Natvig. Those were my buddies. Yeah. You know, and uh, we were just racing for YZ Bucks. But uh, the funny thing is that, that helmet, you know, I wore Bell because my dad wore Bell, mm -hmm. but Bell was an established safe brand. Yeah. And so my dad was like, look, they were already scared enough that I was riding dirt bikes, right? So, uh, you know, that's why I started late because they wanted, they were nervous of that. And I was riding BMX up to that point. But especially if I need if I was gonna race dirt bikes I needed to wear some established brands mm -hmm. that were to keep me safe um, fortunately I didn't crash all that much which was good but the few times I did that bell protect my head um, the other funny thing about that helmet is my dad's friend Steve is a sign painter he's the one that painted that on there oh okay now it's a Johnny O kind of replica paint yeah but it has the Ricky Johnson bad boy on the top uh-huh so you can tell I was like a fan of both of those guys. Uh -huh. um, Johnny was always super clean and, and uh, you know, he's a badass too. But uh, Ricky was just kind of like, you know, he had the bad boy the bad thing boy. going. And later on, I was, I, you know, by the time I got good enough to be sponsored by some, someone like, you know, it was Life's a Beach back then. Yeah. And then Bad Boy and then it went to No Fear. So, of course, I was a No Fear guy. And I was a Life's a Beach guy. Mm-hmm. Just right at the end of it for, mm -hmm. yeah, not much. You know the so. funny thing about that bad boy <coughs> cartoon? Is remember, remember Kenny Watson? Mm -hmm. Kenny Watson had a, uh, he had this tattoo of like 
black circle saw blade on his arm. And I was all, dude, what is that funky tattoo? He goes, dude. He told you it was a bad boy underneath it? He goes, I got a bad boy tattoo because I was the biggest RJ fan. He goes, I went to a dealership signing and I was like, RJ, check it out. He showed the tattoo and Ricky looked at him like he was crazy for tattooing that on him. So he's like, screw that guy. (laughs) He covered it up. Oh, really? I've seen some guys that have my name on them and stuff. It's weird. It is strange. What portraits are you writing? Portraits, writing, and my signature. They'll they'll like have have a portrait and they'll sign and then they'll get the name tattoo. It's weird. That's still cool. It's cool. It's flattering. You know what? It's flattering. It's a little strange. I would never do that, but um, it's certainly flattering, man. I mean, that that just means that means that you know I was made an impact on somebody, and that was cool, man. Yeah, stoked. Right on. Well, hey guys, thanks for checking out this episode of the King and I podcast presented by Monster Energy. We'll uh, see you in a couple weeks for more.